the ugly wins count just as much as the pretty ones, especially when it's a division win with your defense dominating and Justin Fields finally putting together that game-winning fourth-quarter drive. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use our promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. On the show today, we recap an ugly, sometimes hard-to-watch, but ultimately finishing fun Chicago Bears victory over the Minnesota Vikings, where, you know, it wasn't pretty, but pretty doesn't matter all that much, especially when Justin Fields gets to finish the game with the driving down the field, hitting DJ Moore for a big throw, finishing the game with the lead after some turnovers in the fourth quarter, almost letting this one slip away, but finding a way to actually get this one done. The Bears seem like they're learning how to win these games, largely on the backs of a great defensive performance. We got to give them credit for what they did in this game as well. And also talk more broadly about how this team can learn to win games like this and what it'll take to, to not have to win these games so ugly, to not have to have it be so close and have zero touchdowns in an otherwise, you know, 12 to 10 football game with a final score that makes you think of like the 1940s. But really, the story of this game was the finish from Justin Fields, the back-to-back fumbles in the fourth quarter where it felt like the game was slipping away or out of hand or back in this familiar feeling that we felt last week against the Detroit Lions or earlier in the season against the Minnesota Vikings and in other games throughout the year where Bears are playing well, Bears are right in it, Bears even have a lead for the majority of the game, but lo and behold, fourth quarter, they let the lead go have a chance to kind of keep coming back and there's the late turnover or there's multiple opportunities where the Bears could put the game away and they can't or the Bears can make sure that their opponent can't climb back and they keep giving the opponent every opportunity to get right back into the game and it felt like a different version of the same old story as this game was playing out against the Vikings like yeah the Bears defense was shutting them down but the offense wasn't really doing anything with the turnovers that they kept generating and then two fields fumbles gives the Vikings the ball back and and TJ Hawkinson scores and gives them the lead, and you're like, oh boy, here we go again. Bears wasting another good defensive performance with some nice plays by Justin Fields, but they just can't figure out how to win these games. But they did for the first time in what feels like a long time, a game that they should have or could have slipped away, but came back, drove down on the final play, the final drive of the game, got in the field goal range, took the game-winning field goal, and walked away with this one. Like, that felt like such a big, I don't know, is it a monkey on Justin Fields' back? Like, we've seen him we've seen him play well at the end of the games, but just the results 
never end up going his way. And typically that drive ends with a strip sack or a turnover on downs on fourth down when they just can't quite put it all together. But a couple of nice throws to DJ Moore on that drive, including, you know, the last big one that put them into field goal range where Fields, you know, held onto the ball, stepped up, made a play, threw it where it needed to be, was smart with the football over the course of that game and did enough for his team to win, to overcome his own mistakes with the fumbles earlier in that game. And maybe that's the theory here is like, you know, that drive usually ends with a fumble at the end of the game, but maybe because he got the fumbles out of his system earlier in the fourth quarter, then he didn't have any more in him when he was driving down late. Like that to me was like what we wanted to see as part of this evaluation of Justin Fields and looking for growth and development from him. It's like how he starts to finish these games better, how he starts to have these games end in victories and not just losses. And so much of that is not just on Justin Fields. You know, he can't single-handedly win them or lose them in these games all the time. Like, someone has to catch the pass. Someone has to get open. The offensive line has to give him time to throw. And they were able to do a lot of that at different portions of the game. Fields also on that last drive, you saw him throw the ball away a couple of different times. When you know it's not there, you don't have to force it downfield. You can live to throw another down. You know, even on, I think it was back-to-back plays. He just kind of whirled it out of bounds as hard as he could when nothing was open. He was holding on the ball. He felt that internal clock going like, oh, man, I got to get rid of this or else this is going to be a sack and I'm going to get a long down a distance and hurt my team. Like those are those are the kind of situations in previous games and earlier in Fields' career where we might see that mistake where he goes, man, it's under two minutes here in the fourth quarter. It's second and 10. I got to make something happen. I got to keep holding on to this ball. I got to keep my eyes downfield. I got to keep extending this play just to get something because there's just not that much time left. And that's when he get, ends up running into a sack or ends up getting stripped or ends up forcing a throw that he shouldn't or whatever it might be. That's where the mistakes started to happen too often earlier in Justin Fields' career. And something as simple as just throwing the ball away and yeeting it out of bounds as hard as he can, like that represents growth and progress from Fields. Like that's how you talk about learning how to win and figuring it out and knowing like when you have another down to play with and when when you need to make a play for your team and when you can live to fight another play. And to me, like that, that was the final sort of sign of growth at the end of this game. Like, sure, he still needs to not have those fumbles earlier in the game. Like it's not was not like a perfect Justin Fields performance, although I don't remember seeing any passes on the first watch through that like he really put in harm's way. You know, when you talk about like a turnover worthy throw, like there weren't any obvious dropped interceptions. There were a couple of inaccurate passes. We overthrew a guy or underthrew a guy here and there, but there weren't like dangerous throws or poor decisions that you really saw. The Vikings made him throw short. The Bears had to run a lot of screen passes, probably more than we would have liked to see it, but it was enough to win the game. And at the end of the day, that's what matters the most. Yes, it was an ugly win and you want to win less ugly, more pretty. You should be able to put the Vikings away a lot better than 12 points in this game. But let's start with the win and then start to build up from there. We'll talk about how to make it a little less ugly a little bit later on in today's podcast. But we also need to look at what was a really strong defensive performance that really, I think they deserve the most credit for the Bears being able to win this game with just four made field goals. We'll look at a great performance on that side of the ball next on Locked on Bears. The Locked on Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Game time is the best way to get tickets for all of your favorite live events. Not just Bears games, but all of sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. Full disclosure, I didn't watch this Bears game today live because I was at a concert that I bought tickets for 
long before the Bears schedule came out on game time. I got to see Kiss live in Chicago at the Allstate Arena in Rosemont. It was a great show. And with game time, I was able to see my seats for the venue before I bought them. Got a great price on the tickets as well, and it was really a fun show. I had to watch the Bears game afterwards. So whether you're looking for Kiss's final tour in your area or your next Bears home game against the Lions, you can find great deals on tickets with game time. So take the guesswork out of ticket buying with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use our promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem our promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. This Bears defense continues to play at a very high level, whether it was the first place Detroit Lions last week or now the Minnesota Vikings are still a playoff team as the or the borderline playoff team right now, even with Josh Dobbs, a Minnesota Vikings offense that had been playing better with Josh Dobbs, a team that was finding some energy from its backup quarterback and, and getting some things rolling offensively. They shut this Vikings offense down. I mean, obviously we saw the four interceptions of Dobbs should have been a fifth one by Jalen Johnson. That probably should have been a pick six. We saw them sack him a couple of times, hit him a couple of more times, break up passes, force fumbles. There were turnovers. There was playmaking in the back end. There was pass rush on the front end and solid tackling, more or less. I don't want to say shutting down the Vikings running game because Madison had that long, like 21 yard run. I think he had like a 12 yard run in there. But other than like one or two runs, the Vikings really didn't get anything going on the ground game. And across the board, you hold any team to 10 points. That should be an automatic win. Like if your offense can't get 10 points, then you're Iowa football and it's you don't belong in the NFL. I mean, that, at the end of the day, that, that's what it kind of comes down to. But like, to me, the Bears defense was able to do a lot of what we talked about on Monday's podcast on what this Bears team needed to do to win in, in terms of game plan wise with Dobbs. Right. Don't let his legs be a weapon. If anything, let his scrambling ability be a little bit of a weakness in the sense of like Dobbs held on to the ball long. Dobbs tried to extend plays and tried to force a few passes downfield. And that's what happened with interceptions. Like, and that was the other thing we talked about on the podcast. It was like, Dobbs was going to give you an opportunity to pick him off. I said on the show, like the bears will get their hands on at least one Dobbs pass. I don't know whether they'd catch it or not, but I knew they'd get their shot to intercept at least one. Like I said, they ended up getting four. A couple of those were tipped passes up in the air, but nice job by the bears defense to take advantage of those to be in the right place at the right time to tip those passes up, but to also have someone else there to get underneath it and and catch it. Like that is exactly what you need from this Bears defense to give your offense four extra opportunities to score. Now they weren't great at doing that and we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit, but like defensively, there's not much you can look at at this game and go, man, they really should have done better here. Like, okay, TJ Hawkinson got, you know, got his handful of catches for 50, 60 yards. That was kind of what we were expecting. Sure, there's always, quote-unquote, you know, nitpicking room for improvement from this defense. But, like, he didn't really kill you over the course of the game. There was that one the one drive that he scored on. He had a couple of nice plays, and that was about it. Like, yeah, he made his catches here and there, but that wasn't what was, you know, doing a lot of damage to your team, and a lot of those drives ended with interceptions anyway. Like, this Bears defense kept him in the pocket, let him hold on to the, let him hold on to the ball a little long, let him run into some of the pass rush as a result of that. Credit to Matt Eberflus for bringing the heat 
a few different times, especially down the stretch, they got after Josh Dobbs. They made him uncomfortable and got in his face and made him force some bad throws and throw across his body and things like that. Like It was really exactly what you wanted to see from this Bears defense, picking up where they left off. It was run deep, pass rush, coverage, playmaking, turnovers. Like That's that's a strong defensive performance. Without Tyreek Stevenson, with, with Terrell Smith coming in and playing, I thought, pretty darn well for a rookie fifth-round pick who hasn't played a ton this season. He looked really sharp. Jaquan Brisker got hurt at one point, and and yeah, that's when the, that's when TJ Hawkinson scored. But like, you didn't otherwise see the defense, you know, completely fall apart in that regard. Unique Ngakwe, I think, was injured as well. But this team, like the depth, stepped up when they needed to, and certainly Dobbs gave them, you know, made it a little bit easier on them at times. But like they they didn't let, you know, the the magic and the the appeal and the energy and the vibes of Dobby and the hero in Minnesota, like. That, that was never part of this game, right? The Vikings weren't able to ride that energy despite being at home in this one. And to me, like, I find myself more and more impressed by this Chicago Bears defense each and every week, settling in the additions that they made, you know, and certainly on the defensive line with, with Montez Sweat getting sacks in there and Javon Dexter looking really good on the interior there. Like, they're they're finding some pieces here. They've got some guys, and this like, secondary is fun and exciting and energetic. Like, this was the hype for this Bears defense you might remember back during OTAs and mandatory minicamp and then training camp, like they were bringing the energy. They were the guys who were setting the tone at practices. But then the start of the season, the regular season, we didn't really feel that, right? There was bad defense and a lot of mess and, and guys not being in the right spot and being way too vulnerable on the back end. But now that they're healthy again, mostly, now that they've got some experience here and the new pieces have settled in a little bit more, you get, you know, the pass rush in there, like it starts to look more and more like a real quality NFL defense and that it feels to me too like when it comes to like the turnovers and stuff those things really kind of build on each other because you get that confidence and that ability to be like to be able to be aggressive and trust that your aggression will pay off right that that once you get that one interception then it's like okay now we're cooking a little bit now we can trust our instincts not think as much on the field and just go out there and play ball on the back end and then the interceptions start to come in bunches the turnovers as a whole start to come in bunches and then you can attack downhill a little bit more aggressively in the running game and you feel like things are getting home there. And then the pass rush can really get after Josh Dobbs a little bit more and you start to get in the offense's head and all of a sudden like the quarterback's forcing a little bit more and right, right. So much of defense is, is, is energy and momentum and, and feeling and, and confidence. And, you know, it's between the ears and not purely X's and O's and scheme. And, and then it's guys starting to pick up on tendencies from Josh Dobbs, he's staring down receivers a little bit and they know where he wants to go and they can bait him like Jalen Johnson did on really both, well, the interception he caught and then the, the pick six that he dropped. Like those were beautiful plays by Jalen Johnson. And they, you know, they pretty well shut down. They don't say they shut down Jordan Addison, but they kept him from being a big time threat. I mean, he had that one on the sideline that could have been bad when Kyler Gordon tripped and fell and left him a little bit wide open. But I mean, no one on this Vikings offense really did a ton of damage to you across the board. Hawkinson was five catches for 50 yards and a touchdown. Powell had three for 45, I guess. Like, they had a couple of chunk plays here and there, but this was really, really solid football across the board from your Bears defense. Yet another week of doing so. Not always against terrible offenses. Like, this is, this defense is, dare I say, fun to watch? Getting fun to watch? Like, there's a lot to like about this defense, even in, in a season like we like we know Hasn't been what we've wanted it to be this year, but you got to take the the division win for what it's worth at this point. Like it's, it was fun prime time. I mean, it was ugly, but like, it's still fun. Like a win is still a win. And that's ultimately what it comes down to, especially when you can lean on a defense like we've come accustomed to over the years in Chicago, but have been severely doubting for the last season and a half. But 
it feels like we're back to being able to trust that side of the ball quite a bit more now heading into the Bears bye week. I think the step from here is like, okay, how can you make this less ugly? Especially, you know, offensive side of the ball. Like we established defense, no, no, nothing, nothing really to change there. You keep you play like that every week, you're going to be, that's A-plus defense. But offense didn't take full advantage or as much advantage as you would have liked from this Bears defense. So we'll look at like, how do we make this a little bit less ugly? What do we still need to see from this Bears offense that's like close and, and close enough that they're winning games, but can still do a little bit more next on Locked on Bears. The Locked on Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. And as the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's $150 if your team wins. You just bet $5 straight up. Will the Bears win? And if the Bears win, not only do you get the winnings from your $5 bet, whatever the odds are for that individual game, but then an additional $150 in bonus bets to play with at FanDuel. Their app is safe, secure, easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options that spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. You can use those $150 of bonus bets on any of that at FanDuel. Not just Bears games, but across the sporting landscape as well. Futures, props for the season, you name it. They've got it at FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and turn up your excitement this NFL season. FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. The Chicago Bears won an ugly game here against the Minnesota Vikings. And it still feels like, man, it doesn't need to be that hard, right? Like we we can absolutely celebrate and enjoy this this victory Tuesday. Bears still have not won a have the Bears not won a Sunday game all season. It's Washington, um, the Carolina game. No, they they beat the Raiders on a Sunday, I guess. But we only had one Sunday win this season. So we haven't had a lot of victory Monday. It's been victory Fridays and victory Tuesday now <laughs> to start this week. But still, like the Bears have, the, like the Bears are playing winning football, and we should be excited about that. But like it shouldn't be that hard, right? It shouldn't have to be four field goals for a victory. You should be able to get like a touchdown in this game. It shouldn't need to be so darn ugly. I saw uh, from the website Optistats that the Bears are the only team in the Super Bowl era to win a road game without scoring a touchdown, losing multiple fumbles, and having 75 plus penalty yards. Road teams were a combined 0-46 when doing all of that in a game before today. So maybe a makeup Historic win after a historic loss last week against the Detroit Lions. But like, man, when you get four turnovers, you should score more than 12 points total in the game. But when you get four interceptions, plus I think, I know they forced a couple fumbles. I don't know if either one of them was a turnover off the top of my head. But regardless, like, the Bears got to cut down on the penalties, first and foremost, because they had, what, six of those for 60 yards in the first half. That's what felt like was killing some of the Bears' drives there, right? They'd get great field position from the turnover or the defense would force a three and out and Fields would get the ball and they'd start driving down. And it felt like it was always either a sack or a penalty gets them into second and long or third and long. And then, you know, they'll throw the screen on third and long or you know, it ends up being the check down. And that's not necessarily purely Justin Fields' fault when it's long down in distance. The coverage is going to play way off. They're going to guard the sticks. Sometimes your only open option is to throw short of the sticks and try and still get a first down. We saw Cole Komet do that. Was that on a fourth down? I think it was when 
Justin Fields, if they blitzed him and he chucked it to Komet, and I think Roshan Johnson helped push Cole Komet past the first down marker in the second quarter. Like, you don't have to throw it deep. And that's the other thing, like, in this game, it's easy to be upset about all the screen passes and short throwing that Luke gets in the offense did in this game. And, like, sure, you want to be able to throw downfield more. But when they're going to blitz you as much as the Vikings do, sometimes you got to take that. And it's sometimes it's your only option. And the idea, like we talked about on Monday's Game Plan podcast, is that you have to do those sometimes, but you also have to create opportunities to do more in the passing game in order to win these games. And that's what Justin Fields did on the last drive in the fourth quarter. Like he hit DJ Moore on the deep post route. Like you have to find plays that can free up space for those downfield passes. And you have to have the protection to pick up the blitz when it's there and the quarterback to see it and have the time to throw it there. And the Bears did that, right? Like this game is a, is kind of like take your lumps with the screens and the check downs and the underneath quick stuff, knowing that you got to build up towards a couple of bigger stuff in there. And if you never get to the bigger stuff, you might not win this game. But you can afford to go to the little, the little stuff if as long as you can still get to the big stuff. And the Bears were able to do that. But they have to find ways to do more with the turnovers because this is what happened against the Lions also, right? They picked off Jared Goff three times. And on those three interceptions, they got one field goal and and that was it. They, the, they got a touchdown off of the forced fumble on the kickoff in that game. But the third, the interceptions... Gave them three points. And it felt similar in this game against Dobbs, right? The interceptions, I think, got them six points, maybe nine points, two or three field goals on those, but never touchdowns. And a few of those didn't end in any points. And again, to me, those things came down to sacks and penalties. And, you know, at times, maybe conservative offense. It felt like, once again in this game, as was similar late against the Lions, the Bears still generally feel content to take field goals and say, you know what? This is a game where we don't need to be aggressive and we don't need to push the envelope to stay ahead of this team. And when you're a losing football team like the Bears have been for so long, a lot of times it feels like, man, what do you have to lose? Like, I agree with the calls at the end of the fourth quarter there after the big DJ Moore completion got you into field goal range. Take those knees, run the clock down and take the field goal. Like, that's not the situation to be aggressive and go for the touchdown because you have the ability to wind the clock so low and still hit a very short field goal. Like, I'm good with the conservative call there. But earlier in the game, right, they threw a tight end screen on a third and 10, I think, to Cole Komet, where he was tackled right away when they were right around field goal range anyway. So why not take a shot there when if it's an incomplete pass, you're still in field goal range as opposed to throwing a short pass to maybe get a couple more yards that makes your already manageable field goal a little bit more manageable. Like just stuff like that, that I think I can point to offensive coordinating as a concern there. And Bears really got away from the running game quite a bit in this game, despite never trailing by anything significant on the scoreboard, albeit not running super well with Khalil Herbert and Roshan Johnson. The Vikings' run defense did a lot to shut down this Bears' running game in a way that was surprising. The Bears had run the ball pretty well pretty much every game this season, and it's not like the Vikings' run defense was, you know, top of the league or anything like that. I don't think they were terrible by any means, but I guess they're they're, they're top five in yards per attempt allowed, but... Like the Bears ran the ball much, it felt like we had an easier time running the ball the first time around against the Vikings. Foreman had 65 yards and Darrington Evans had 32 yards and Justin Fields even had some nice runs in that game. And yet in this one, Fields was again kind of the only running game. And I'm, I don't know how much of that was Tevin Jenkins leaving the game with injury or versus the Vikings just really keying in on that and attacking downfield, looking to go through the all 22 film and kind of get a better answer there. But like to me, you need like you had too many of these drives in the game, like the opening drive where Justin Fields goes eight for eight, passing the ball, 
and you end up getting either a field goal or in that case, I guess, zero points because they missed the field goal. But like field seems to be playing well. The offense seems to be moving the ball. And yet, whether it's a penalty, whether it's a sack, whether it's a tackle for a loss in the running game or maybe a bubble screen that gets blown up, like the Bears keep getting some kind of negative play or some kind of zero yard play or multiple zero yard plays that kill these drives. And that's where you talk about like, that's why this game ends up feeling so ugly. Cause it's like, you get so much to like, and then it's like, ah, crap, we shot ourselves in the foot there. And oh crap, they went backwards there. And it's just like, you're so close, right? You're right there. Everything is clicking and rolling. And then you trip and fall, you know, your shoes untied, not, not metaphorically in, in the offense. It's like, God dang it. You were so close it's like watch. It's like trying to teach a kid to ride a bike, like a little kid, and it's like, you know, he got the training wheels off, and he's going, and it's like, oh, look, he's riding the bike, like he's going, and then he falls over, whatever, loses his balance. It's like, oh, you're so close, like you, you, you got, the, you can get the training wheels off, and you're moving downfield, and you're going down. It's like, ah, and then here we are. But you hope that you just keep keep getting on the bike, keep getting back on the bike, keep giving them that push, and then letting them go, and maybe you can finish in the end zone instead of with field goals. Like that's kind of the hope here, especially when the defense provides some pretty strong training wheels throughout the course of this game with the turnovers and hold only holding the Vikings to just 10 points. Like that's, that's as much of a training wheels as you can get for this Chicago bears offense. And they're still staying a little wobbly trying to ride this offensive bicycle down the field, but a win's a win. You know, they did get, I guess, I don't know. I can't quite complete the metaphor here. Like they did ride the bike, you know, around the block. Is that, is that completing, you know, the completing the bike ride for learning to ride the bike? I'm, uh, my metaphors run its course here, but you get what I mean, right? Like they got the job done. They rode the bike. They had, they had to maybe keep the training wheels on a little bit. They fell off the bike a couple of times, but they figured it out. Now let's see, let's see them really master this. Let's see them take that to the next step and like look good and not have it be ugly, not collapse late, not let the other team back into it, not get too conservative, but like firmly establish dominance against a team that's not the Carolina Panthers or the Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> like at the end of the day, that's where that's where we look for growth from this Bears team moving forward. In the meantime, enjoy your victory Tuesday with a bye week coming up. Next weekend, looking wide open on the schedule there. So hopefully you're able to spend some of that time and catch up on some other things in your life because this Bears season is slowly winding down. It's going to be over before you know it. So let's try and cherish it as much as we can. I think one of the best ways to do that is doing this podcast every single day, five days a week for your daily Bears news and analysis. So make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Really appreciate you making us your first listen each and every single day. We'll kind of look big picture at what this win means for Matt Eberflus, Ryan Poles, Justin Fields and stuff on tomorrow's podcast. And we got some other good bi-week content in the works for you there. I don't want to spoil anything until I get it all, you know, fully booked, but I got a couple of potential guests coming on for the podcast here. So look look for some more goodies coming on that way. Just because the Bears aren't playing on Sunday doesn't mean we won't have good Bears content for you all week long. So hope you'll keep coming back for your next opportunity to bear down. <laughs>